God, we, we do want to sing hallelujah. We, we do want to sing it because you are alive. You have risen. And because you are alive, your desire is to give us life. Your desire is to breathe into our soul life. Your desire is to transform our lives and, and to give us a new direction for our life. Your desire is to walk with us every step of our life. And so, God, would you help us to want that? Would you help us to let you, not just today, not just in this moment, but God, we're asking that your Holy Spirit would show up here and that your Holy Spirit would do a, a work that only we could say it was God that showed up in that place on that day, and, and I am transformed. I am changed. And God, thank you that you have done that in my heart. Thank you that you have done that in others who are here. Thank you that, God, I, I was heading down a road to hell, and you took me off that road and put me on your road. And I'm so thankful that your grace and your mercy are greater than my sin. God, I, that I, that I, that I, don't, I know I don't deserve your grace and your mercy. I know I don't, I haven't earned your grace and your mercy, and there's no way that I can, but God, thank you that you showed your love toward me, and while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me, and he not only died, he rose again, and he's alive today, and he offers to me life, and God, I pray that I would take it. I pray that I would want it. I pray that there'd be a longing and a hunger in my soul for you. God, thank you. Thank you that you can fill it. Thank you that you can satisfy. Thank you that you alone are able to do that work. So God, do that here. Do that now. We need you now. God, thank you for your son Jesus, the greatest demonstration of your love. You are good and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, would you turn to somebody on your left or on your right or in front of you or behind you and just look them in the eyeballs and just say, I love you. Do it. Just And then, and then if you would, please, the other person, say it back. That would be helpful. I love you. Maybe you need to give them a hug. Maybe you need to give them a fist bump. Maybe you need to give them a high five. Maybe whatever, just throw an arm around them, whatever. I love you. Does, doesn't it feel awesome to say that to somebody. I love you. And then not only to say it to somebody, but to hear it said back to you. I love you. And, and then to, to know that as you're saying it, you mean it. And they mean it. And, and that is just a, a thing that just fills our soul, fills who we are as people. All of us have a longing to be loved. All of us have a, a desire and a hunger to be, to be accepted. And we do so much in our lives to try to fill that love, to try to fill that desire for acceptance. And so often, though, in that, that filling and in that, that desire and in that longing that we have and we turn to other people and we turn to things and, and we find that those things only for a little bit satisfy, for only a little bit fill. And there's still something missing, there's still something that's not quite right. And that's because in every single one of us, 
There is a longing. There is a hunger for a relationship with the one true living God. And you may be, you may be here today saying, you know what? I, d- I don't accept that. I don't believe that. I don't whatever. Can I just say to you, God still loves you. Whether you accept that or not, whether you ever come to understand that or not, you need to understand the reason why you're here today is because of love. And, you're, and maybe you're saying, you know what, no, the reason I'm here today is because my mom or my grandma or my aunt or my girlfriend or my wife, and yeah, I'm really picking on you guys, sorry. Um, but maybe, maybe you're saying, no, I'm here because of them, because they dragged me here. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you're saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm here because it's Sunday morning and that's just what I do. I don't know what your reason is for being here, but I know God's reason for you being here is not by accident. It's on purpose, and it's because he loves you. And he drew you here for such a time as this. And I have no idea what God is going to do in your heart and your life, but I believe that he can transform your heart and your life because he loves you, and he's shouting out to you, I love you. Maybe you're trying so hard to fill that love. You're trying so hard to fill that acceptance that you're missing it. And the reason is because the Bible makes it clear. Let us give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love, his wonderful deeds to mankind. He satisfies the longing soul. He fills the hungry soul with good things. The truth is, though, you'll never come to understand that. You'll never fully understand the longing of your heart, the hunger of your soul. You'll never fully come to understand the good things that God offers to you apart from Jesus. You you can attend church your entire life. You can read the Bible. You can pray. You can memorize verses. You can do all of that stuff and still completely miss that God loves you. Because what it's been about for you is about a religious activity, a list of do's and don'ts. And I just want you to understand, that's not what God brings to the table. God does not bring to the table a religion. God does not bring to the table a list of do's and don'ts. And if you do these things, then I'll love you. And if you don't do these things, then I'll hate you. That is not the God that is of the Bible. The God of the Bible loves you so much John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. Who's his son? His son is Jesus. God so loved the world, he sent his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Take, Take the words, the world out, and put your name in there. For God so loved Jason. That's me. Some of you are like, I thought your name was PJ. Pastor Jason, some of y'all are like, mind blow. It's like, it's amazing to me how many people think my name is actually PJ. My name is actually Jason, all right, just so you know, so don't put my name in there, because that's not your name. For God so loved, say it to yourself, think it in your mind, for God so loved me, so for God so loved who I am, so God so loved me, he sent his son to die for you, and if you will believe in him, you will not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. The question is, 
Do you believe that Jesus loves you? Do you believe that Jesus loves you? I, I am not asking you if you know about Jesus. Lots of people know about Jesus. Oh, yeah, he's that guy that was born in a manger, Bethlehem. There was, like, these three dudes that came and brought stuff to him. Uh, there was angels. There was, you know, there was uh, stuff that was happening and shepherds. I'm not asking you if you know about Jesus. I'm, I'm glad you know those things, but those things will not save you. Not, not, even, not even attending church will save you. Not, not even opening up the, the Word of God and, and reading it will save you. All of those things are to point us to the one who does save us, and his name is Jesus. See, God did not send a thing. God did not send a religion. God did not send a, a list. God sent a person. His name is Jesus, and he loves you. The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe that Jesus loves you? Amen. Preach it, sister. Um, Yes. His love. How has he shown his love toward us? I, most of you that know me know that I love acronyms. So we're going to use the word love as an acronym. If you'd like to take notes, there is a notepad in front of you in the pew. There is a pen right there. Uh, if not, then somebody stole it. Shame on them. Um, just kidding. They may have needed it, and that's okay. Um, but go ahead and, and get that pad if you want, or if you're like me and can't take notes because you can't read them later, then type in your phone. Um, you'll be my guest. But we're going to use the word love as an acronym, and, and again, talking about how does Jesus love me? L. L he is that he laid down his life. Jesus laid down his life. Jesus himself said, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life. For another. Jesus not only said it, he did it. Jesus not only talked about it, he lived it out and he laid down his life. Why did he do that? Because you and I have a serious problem. A problem that not any of us can solve. A problem that not any of us can do anything about because there is no way for us to be able to solve this problem. There is only one who can solve this problem. The problem that you and I have is a three-letter word, and it's so much bigger than a three-letter word. It's the word sin, and sin separates us from the love of God. Sin causes us to disobey God. Sin causes us to reject God and say, no, I will go my way and do my thing. I am not going to follow you. You and I have a problem and that's sin. And just so you know, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sin, all fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has a sin problem. Some of you, it's more apparent when you're driving. Some of you, it's more apparent when you're talking to your parents. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, hitting your kids next to you. Stop that. You did it too. Um, we all do. We all have this sin problem. And this sin separates us from God. That is not God's desire to be separated from us. God's desire is that we would be 
with him, that we would be in relationship with him. But we need to understand sin has a wage, a payment. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. And you can't die for yourself. And somebody else can't die for you. That Why? Because they're a sinner too. The only sinless person who has ever walked this planet, his name is Jesus, and he paid the penalty for your sin by shedding his blood on a cross and dying on that cross because the only thing that could satisfy that payment is Jesus' blood and his death on a cross. And Jesus willingly laid down his life for payment of our sin. 2 Corinthians tells us, for our sake, God made Jesus to be sin. What, what does that mean? That means that he took the sins of the entire world, of every single one of us, past, present, future, and laid them on Jesus and said, Jesus, you're the only one who can carry the weight of this sin. You're the only one who can pay the penalty for this sin. God made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in Jesus you and I may be the righteousness of God. We may be right with God because of Jesus. Not because of what I do, not because of what I don't, but because of what Jesus has done for you and for me. That is the only acceptable payment to God. And Jesus, he paid a debt he did not owe because you and I owe a debt we could not pay. Jesus laid down his life. Jesus loves you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Oh. Oh is that he offers forgiveness of sin. He offers to you and to me forgiveness of our sin. Jesus laid down his life paying the penalty for our sin. He can say to our sin, your sin is forgiven. Jesus is hanging on the cross. And the people around him that have just nailed him to that cross are mocking him. They're, they're laughing at him. They're, they're, they're rejecting him. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And, and in that moment, Jesus, through time and eternity, looks to every single one of us and he says, forgive them. See, my friend, you need to understand there is not a sin that you have ever committed or ever will commit that Jesus Christ has not forgiven. That Jesus Christ has not paid for. You're like, what? No, I'm serious. There is nothing that you have ever done. There is nothing that you will ever do that Jesus Christ has not paid for and offers to you forgiveness of. Why? Because he loves you. Why? Because he longs to be in relationship with you. The Bible says in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sin according to the riches of his grace. What is grace? Unmerited favor. You and I don't deserve it. You and I do not deserve his grace. We do not deserve his forgiveness. But he offers to it 
offers to you and me because of his love for us. And he forgives. Remember what we said about, about sin? It has a wage, a debt that has to be paid. Jesus paid that debt. And on the sheet of your sins, he writes over it in blood, canceled. Forgiven. Canceled. Debt settled. Not holding this against you any longer. He even goes on to say, I will remove it as far as the east is from the west, and I will remember it no more. That's the kind of love Jesus has for you. That's the kind of love he has for me. He offers to us forgiveness of sin. So L, he laid down his life for us. O, he offers forgiveness of sin. V, he vacated the grave. He vacated the grave. He went on to demonstrate his love, not just in paying for our sin, but defeating the power of death over us. He laid down his life. He offers to us sin, offers to us forgiveness for our sin, and then he offers to us life because he is alive. Jesus Christ, three days later, he said it. He said, I am going to rise again. The ladies were coming to the tomb, and there's an angel, and he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Listen to this. He is not here. He has risen just as he said he would do. Jesus loves you so much, he vacated the grave, he came back to life, sets himself apart from every human being ever. I don't care how rich, how powerful, how whatever, he sets himself apart from every human being, every world leader, every religious leader who died, this man died, Jesus, yes, but he rose again, and not a single person on this planet can say, I rose again of my own choosing. Yes, Lazarus was raised from the grave, but not because he wanted to, because Jesus said so. Jesus has the power over death, and he defeated death by coming back to life. Jesus vacated the grave. He vacated the grave. He's alive today, and he offers to you, he offers to you this last one, E, everlasting life now. Everlasting life now. We, we were quoting Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but that's not the whole verse. The rest of the verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So God offers to you life and life everlasting, life that lasts forever, and that begins the moment you say, I die to myself and I live to him, I surrender my life to him, and I know that he died for me, I know that he rose for me, I know that he offers forgiveness of my sin, and I know that I have eternal life in him. So that one day when you close your eyes in this life, and the truth is, every single one of you has an appointment with death. 
Nobody wants to keep it, but everybody will. And you have no idea when that day is going to come. But here's the awesome thing about Jesus. He loves you so much that he wants you to know that the moment you close your eyes in death, you will open them in the very presence of him, and you can know that you have that assurance in your life that this is not all she wrote. There is more to go than this life. And he offers to you everlasting life. And that everlasting life begins now. It begins now. It's not just for a day. It's not just for someday down the road. Some people have this idea that everlasting life is someday down the road. When I close my eyes in this life, then I open them in the presence of God, and that's everlasting life. No, everlasting life begins now. Right now. And it's good every single day. Every single day. Because no matter what we face in this life, we need the life that Jesus offers to us in order to face the things that we are going to face in this life. Because God has made it clear, in this life you will have struggle. In this life you will have trouble. Many of you know the reality of that in your life. Jesus did not die on a cross and rise again so that he can give you life just someday. Jesus died on a cross and rose again to give you life today. And think about it. You say, you say, yes, I believe he laid down his life for me. Yes, I believe he offers forgiveness for my sin. Yes, I believe that he vacated the grave. Yes, I believe that I have everlasting life that is now. Then can I ask you a question? If Jesus is able to do all that, don't you think that he's able to resurrect your dead marriage? Don't you think that he's able to forgive you of of sin that's ongoing in your life, the struggles that you're facing? Don't you think that he can deliver you from from anxiety and from fear and and from depression and and from addiction and from whatever else is plaguing your life? Jesus died on a cross and rose again. Don't you think that he can deliver you in your life today? He can give you life today, not just someday. Right now, right in this moment, he can deliver you from whatever it is that's ailing your life. Do you believe that Jesus can even heal your broken body? Do you believe that? I mean, if he can can do what we've been talking about, can't he heal your broken body. Maybe you have a son or a daughter who has just completely walked away from God. And your heart aches. Listen, do you believe that Jesus can bring them back? Do you believe, do you believe that Jesus can resurrect their heart and change their life and bring them back. I don't know what it is that you're facing in this moment, in this time, but what I do know is, is that Jesus loves you. Again, I take you to John 3.16, for God so loved, put your name in there, say it to yourself, for God so loved, and if you want to just say, for God so loved me, for God so loved me, He sent his only son. 
he gave his only son that whoever, if I would just believe in him, I should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus loves you. The question is, is do you believe it? Do you truly believe Jesus loves you? I'm going to ask you if you would just close your eyes, bow your head. It's not, I don't know your heart, and I don't need to. In just a moment, we're going to be singing a song, and there's going to be people up here at the front, and there's going to be some people at the back, and maybe some on the sides. I'm going to ask those people to go ahead and, and go to those places. Why are they doing this? They're doing it because they just want to pray with you. Maybe as I was saying some of those things, like some of the different struggles that are going on, and you're having those, and and, and maybe, you know, even in first service, I prayed with someone who, who, uh, who, who, who's asking God to do a work in their, in their child's life. Maybe that's what you want to do is you want to come and just ask us to pray with you. Listen, every single one of these individuals, they love you. They care about you. They're not going to judge you. They just want to pray for you. But maybe you're here today, and, and the one thing you're going is, I, you know what, I don't know Jesus I hear you say Jesus loves me, but I'm not really sure that I've believed it. And I want to believe it now. Right now, in this moment, I want to believe it. Would you help me? And, and can I just, I'm just going to tell you, it's as easy as ABC. It really is. A, acknowledge, acknowledge. Say, I am. I am a sinner in need of a savior. I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I be believe that Jesus is that savior who died on a cross, shed his blood for my sin, and he rose again to give me eternal life. And then see confess it. What's that mean? That means agree with God and tell him about it. And again, I'm, I'm not into magic formula words or any of that kind of stuff. In a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer just because maybe you're going, you know, I don't even know what to say, and I just want to help you with that. But it's not the prayer that saves you. It's Jesus that saves you. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you will be saved. So maybe you're here today and you're going, you know what, I... I know that that's what I need to do. Then would you pray with me? Right in your mind, just sit there and just pray with me and pray this. Dear Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you, Jesus, died on a cross, that you rose again, that you paid the penalty for my sin. I confess I need you. I confess that I want to be in relationship with you. I confess that I know that you love me. I turn from my way to your way. And I want to follow you today. In Jesus' name. Listen, can I, nobody else is looking around, it's just me. I'm in. It's me and God, that's it. You're here today and you say, you know what, I. I prayed that with you, PJ. I prayed that 
and I meant it in my heart, and I just want to ask you to be praying for me. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Just raise your hand up in the air. Thank you. I appreciate that. Again, no one else is looking around. It's just me. I did that today. Can I ask you a question? Would you be willing to come to one of these people and just say, you know what, today I prayed and asked Jesus to be my Savior, and, and I just want someone to pray for me. Or maybe while we're singing this song, one of those things is just it's heavy on your heart and you need somebody to pray for you. Again, come. Let us pray for you. That's all we want to do. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to we're not going to shame you. None of that kind of stuff. We're just going to pray for you. So would you stand and let's sing this song. Can you come and we'll pray for you if you want.